Hello, everyone. I am really happy to be with you here today. I wanted to, before I get started in our conversation, remind you that Window of Tolerance goes live tonight at 7. If you want in on that, please message me and I'll send you the link. This is part of my fall fundraiser. I'm raising funds for Girls on the Run. This started mid-September and will continue all the way through the end of December. And I will be taking the proceeds from my specially marked sales and sending them on to Girls on the Run. And I have raised $126 so far. I'm hoping to raise $560 by the time it's all over. So wish me luck on that one. I think I said maybe $360, but I just want to raise more. Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, hello, everyone. It is very good to be with you. I'm very excited today because I have finally completed IFS level one training. This was an ordeal. I don't know if uh, if you're familiar with the IFS community, it, you um, have to enter a lottery in order to be accepted. I applied to every level one training for about a year and a half. And this was the last, the last one. I thought this is it for me. You know, I, I if I don't get in, I I'm not going to pursue this anymore. And then finally, at the last minute, I got in off the wait list. Um, so I'm completed with that. It's a wonderful um, experience. If you happen to be a coach or in the mental health field, please reach out. If you don't know much about IFS, I'd love to share that with you. I think it makes the world a much better place. Um, so I want to hop in today with something I'm really excited about, and it has a lot to do with why I wanted to get IFS training, why IFS is very important to me, and that is how to create a resilient relationship. Because, you know, I'm a dating and relationship coach. I help women meet amazing partners, but we all know that there's no such thing as just happily ever after. We all know that it's never that easy, right? All relationships have a little bit of conflict. All relationships have their points of struggle. And how do you create a relationship that has some elasticity so that when there's a conflict or when there's a struggle, you can sort of come back together. You can have some times when maybe there's a little space between you, maybe even more than is necessarily comfortable, and then you can come back together. So how do we do that? Well, I want to start out um, by talking about some of the common reasons why there are relationship struggles, and then what you do about that. How, like, basically eight practices that are going to help you develop resilience in your relationship. And this is important because I have clients who have been through mindful dating. They started with me a couple of years ago. They're now in relationships. They're still tuning in to my newsletters. And also I'm getting a lot of people who are curious about couples coaching. So I want to really address this for those people who have been with me for a while, now are in their partnerships and want to know how do they bring this deeper? How do they do that work in a partnership? So Shakespeare hundreds of years ago said, 
the course of true love never did run smooth. And it's true. Um, you, just because you love someone deeply and because you're really compatible with them doesn't mean that everything's going to be smooth. It certainly doesn't mean that you're not going to have regrettable incidents or arguments or points of conflict. You're two different people, no matter how much you have in common, you're two different people in two different brains. It's hard to communicate sometimes easy to misunderstand each other. All relationships take work. And this is a very important thing to acknowledge because if you, if you think that when you get into a relationship, you're never going to, you're never going to have a conflict. You're never going to have a problem. You're going to end up breaking up with everybody and never having stability in a relationship because all relationships have conflict 100%. Why is that the case? There are many reasons. One is that people keep growing and changing throughout our whole lives. We don't stay the same. We become different people. We change and grow based on books we read, based on jobs we have, based on friends that we take into our lives, based on things that we that we practice, based on political things that are going on around us. People grow and change the whole time we're alive. That doesn't stop just because we are adult whenever that point in time seems to be. And certain milestones, certain markers in your life will bring a lot more change to your life, such as having children. Having children is a super stressful time in a relationship, and it's also a period of growth for many people. As you have a child, you see the world differently. Things occur to you in ways that never occurred to you that way before. There are other things that can happen. Um, like I mentioned, having children as a lifestyle marker or a life, a change of life marker Parents can die. Siblings can die. Children, God forbid, heaven forbid, can also pass. Those major life transitions have an impact on us. When we go through those things, and often when we're sharing those areas of grieving with a partner, the stress involved in those transitions can create some friction can create situations where our partner can't be as available as we'd like them to be, or we can't be as available. People have medical problems, medical issues of you or your partner. So many things bring challenges to a long-term partnership. And I want to talk about a couple of other things that are really important to just know. And that is we all come with our own baggage. Everybody has their own childhood issues, your own family of origin issues. We all have a culture and we may not share that culture with our partner. And I, I think sometimes that every family is its own separate culture and your family does things a little bit differently than your partner's family did them or does them. And those are cultural differences that can create conflict from time to time. So the bottom line is that conflict is inevitable and regrettable in incidents are inevitable. Definitely have regrettable incidents. And we also have what the Gottmans called enduring vulnerabilities. And what the Gottmans research shows is that about 60 to 70% of an argument that any given couple has will be about the same thing over and over. There are just a handful of things that create the conflict. Whatever that thing is for you and your partner, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. It's not going anywhere. And the problem doesn't come in the form of having a conflict over things. It's really how that conflict gets managed, which is why I'm really spending a lot of time talking about conflict. Really 
what makes a relationship resilient has to do with how you navigate conflict, period. And how you navigate conflict will have a lot to do with repair work, and it will also have a lot to do with what are called enduring vulnerabilities or things from your own child or th childhood or issues from like, say you have um, a divorce and you have some fears around being abandoned or being left or whatever is going on. You have a medical problem, whatever it is you're carrying or dealing with, that will be your enduring vulnerability that you'll bring to that partnership. And how you navigate that enduring vulnerability will really play a role in how resilient the relationship turns out to be. So we've just listed a whole bunch of challenges and a whole bunch of reasons for challenges to long-term partnership. Let's talk about practices that will help you develop resilience in the face of those challenges. Anybody who knows me won't be surprised that I'm going to start with practicing mindfulness. And there's a, there are so many reasons why I think this is important not the least of which is that when you practice mindfulness, I'm going to give you the top three reasons why I think this is helpful. And if you want to know more about it, I have some videos on that. So just shoot me a message and I will get you some videos on it and send them directly to you. But when you practice mindfulness, you get three things. One is you are immediately regulating your nervous system. That's a huge benefit. So you're able to stay within your window of tolerance, even when things are sort of stressful. The second thing is you are more present and focused on your partner and therefore less likely to get reactive, which is super important. And you have to practice mindfulness to get good at it so you can use it in challenging circumstances. That's the second thing. And the third reason is that you really get to know yourself, your mind and your heart much better. That self-awareness goes a long way towards creating relationships that have a, have a resilient or elastic quality to them. The second practice, and it really is a practice, is communication skills. And in particular, the ways that you will set about doing two things. One is setting boundaries with grace and integrity. And the second is requesting what you need and want. And you have to accept no for an answer. So you have to respect your partner's boundaries. So that that right there is like two things broken into those are like communication, but it's broken into two things. One is saying no, setting boundaries, um, really protecting yourself, even within the context of that partnership, because when you do that, you also protect your partner. If you are saying yes to things when you really mean no, you will accumulate resentments and resentment will eventually erode the goodwill between the two of you. So saying no when you mean no. Saying yes only when you mean yes is really important. And setting those boundaries with grace and integrity means that you're saying no to that specific request, but you're still saying yes to your partner as a person. And you're open to negotiating other ways that your partner could get their needs met or could get their preferences honored. And when you request what you need and want, it has to be a genuine request. And how you know it's a request is when no is an acceptable answer. This is a this is a really hard one. So I'm going to list these things and saying do this sounds great. But how you do that, that's a whole set of practices that I teach people inside mindful dating and inside path of partnership and inside my private coaching. Along with the boundaries and the making requests really have to commit to good self-care. So you have to make sure you're getting proper rest, proper nutrition, and proper exercise. You have to take care of your body because when you're overtired, fatigued, or really you are 
not in the kind of shape that allows you to participate in life in a meaningful, joyful way, you are not bringing your best self to that partnership. So committing to good self-care is super important. The fifth item on this list is to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. Like I've been saying, all relationships have conflict. All of them do. It's really important when you disagree with somebody to do that in a way that still respects who they are as a person and respects the differences between you. Learning how to disagree without being disagreeable is a skill set. Not everybody has it. I certainly didn't have it for a really long time, and it's something I've had to work on. And since I've done a lot of work on it and I've learned a lot, love teaching it because if it's been hard for me to learn, that is the thing I really want to teach the most. So learning how to disagree without being disagreeable is super important. And it's really related to setting boundaries, making requests and accepting no for an answer. But you are going to have to learn how to disagree without having like a kitchen sink argument where you where you throw in the last 10 years and everything but the kitchen sink. And you're going to have to learn how to disagree with someone without necessarily making it personal or about them. So that's that's key. And it's it's a little trickier than it sounds. The next practice really requires a willing partner. So all those first five things, you can kind of do those things on your own, but this sixth thing requires a willing partner. And that is really scheduling time to go on dates with your partner every week, just for deep conversation. So this isn't a date as diversion. This is a date as depth, date as getting to know each other all over again every week. There are a lot of ways to do that and a lot of practices you can engage in. If you're curious about that, please pop a question in the comments and I'll unpack that a little bit more. And if necessary, and I get enough questions about it, I might even make a little video on really what date night could look like. Um, so that when you're doing those dates, you're really staying in touch and you really need to do this, especially when you have kids or especially when you're busy. So it's easy when you have children to say, I don't have time to go on a date or who's going to watch the kids. It's super important to make time anyway. That is just for the two of you so that you can keep in touch and keep getting to know each other. It keeps the bond between you very close and it keeps you very well connected. Seven is to learn to do repair after a conflict. And I have done a video on this. I can certainly do that again and may offer a training on that. If you have interest in a training, if you could pop a note in the comments below or shoot me a, a private message saying, hey, I'd love a training on, you know, conflict resolution or repairing after conflict. But learning good repair skills is essential. Simply saying I'm sorry is not enough. It does not repair what got ruptured in the argument or in the conflict. And when you do really excellent repair, you get to know each other better. Your partner knows you better, you know them better, and it builds closeness between the two of you. You have a deeper understanding of yourself and of each other than you did before the conflict. And it's actually one of the most beautiful reasons for having a partnership and being in a committed partnership is the commitment to navigating conflicts and creating a resilient relationship because in the process of navigating conflicts and doing that repair work, a lot of healing happens, a lot of healing and growth. So that's the seventh practice is to practice repair. The eighth practice is the practice of developing self-leadership skills. 
and I saved the best for last because having self-leadership skills makes all the first seven much easier to do. So if you've listened to the first seven things on this, you're like, "Eh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. That sounds too difficult for me. Mm, That's really difficult. Or, oh gosh, disagree without being disagreeable. No, when I'm mad, I just let it all out. Developing self-leadership skills will really help you there. Because when you're self-led, you're not led by angry parts, by resentful parts, by needy parts, by whiny parts, by graspy parts, by sad parts, by depressed parts, by hopeless parts, by furious parts, by resentful parts, by all the parts that come in during a time of conflict. And when they hijack you and operate your mouth, those those are kitchen, those turn into kitchen sink arguments and a great deal of damage can be done. And ultimately, I'm going to say that in every conflict, there are instances where people are led by parts. It 100% happens. It's normal. And that's why repair is essential. And that's why you learn so much about yourself in the repair process. And combining repair process with IFS work just supercharges the healing and integration that can happen within your own heart and soul. If you are curious about self-leadership, I have a really great workshop coming up. It starts on Sunday. This is the last time I'm offering this one for free. It's the five-day self-liberation challenge. It's an incredibly powerful workshop. You're going to understand IFS better. I talk about it all the time. You're going to understand self-leadership better. You're going to have four different tools that will take you a really far away towards being able to lead from that core of yourself where you're calm, clear, compassionate, courageous, and creative. So I hope this has been helpful for you to just think about what these practices would look like if you want to create resilience in your partnership. Um, If you have been through mindful dating and you're in a partnership right now and this has been helpful, I would love to hear from you as well. Um, Have a wonderful rest of your week and a beautiful weekend. And I'm looking forward to seeing those of you who have already signed up for the five-day self-liberation challenge. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.